it was a quote from Jamie Carragher saying that Liverpool lack leaders. Um, I think that this quote is fascinating as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Lovren was brought in as a leader and Jamie Carragher himself said, I expect him to lead that back four. Martin Skirtle, midweek captain Slovakia uh, for Captain Slovakia. Glenn Johnson's a 31-year-old professional with over 500 first-team appearances under his belt. Ahead of them, Steven Gerrard is Steven Gerrard, leader exemplar. Uh, he is most definitely one of Liverpool's greatest ever captains. Next to him, you've got Adam Lallana, captain of Southampton last season. Up front is Ricky Lambert, a lad who's, uh, who's 32 years old, who's done it absolutely everywhere. Also in midfield, Liverpool have got Joe Allen, you say, a professional who's been around for, you know, he's 24, 25 now, he's been around for a good few years. And captain Swansea. And as captain Swansea. But Liverpool look leaderless. They look leaderless, and this is a profound problem, which isn't simply so isn't simply boxed off by going and buying leaders, because there's got to be something to lead. There's got to be something to get behind, and the problem that Liverpool's leaders have is that almost all of them are struggling intently with their game, which means they're not in a position to lead anyone else. Dave, it was uh, dreadful. I think it was dreadful. Someone said to me today it wasn't as bad as you think, mm-hmm. but I thought it was pretty dreadful from Liverpool at Sellers Park. Yeah, it was it was the well, it was the lowest performance of the season. I I can think, and and you know, just to to sugarcoat that, there's been some really bad ones as well, hasn't there? So um, you know, it's uh, it's not like it's a standout shocking performance on its own, uh, but I, I do think it was head and shoulders above everything else in terms of how bad it can get. Um, in regards to what you're saying about leaders, there, it's it's interesting hearing you say that because I've never actually took a step back and actually looked at all of those leaders Liverpool do have and. Uh, captains of previous clubs and these people who are meant to be excellent communicators, Lovren, by and large, was an excellent communicator. Southampton, Lalana, similar. Lambert, again, you know the the, the list is pretty endless. Um, the the issue then I think becomes, is it almost a case of too many cooks? With with in, in regard to that, I know you said the 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 caveat of struggling with the games, but you know nonetheless you'd you'd still expect to see a Steven Gerrard who's experience and and knowledge and you know previous you know times he's done it to transcend that with his leadership skills it doesn't it doesn't make sense and you know is it just leadership because i mean you look at when that uh i think when palace nearly scored it might have been when he did score when gerard has a real go real strips out of lovren that that to me you know sort of indicates decent leadership that is that is control of a captain. That is a captain's role. If something goes wrong, he's the man who who you know delegates. He's the man who goes to the person who's done it wrong and says, "Look, what's going on here? Let's sort it out." So, in in that regard, it, it is that really the issue here, or like as you say, is it simply all of these players are struggling with the games to an extent where? Leadership probably isn't even on their radar. I think it's 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 crucially. I think there's the Liverpool have currently got an issue around mental strength and just generally decision making in key moments. I think Liverpool in key moments have, have, have struggled this campaign. I think it stemmed. It's I think it and this is it. I think it's everywhere on the pitch. Last twenty minutes, last ten minutes. You know when Liverpool go down there against Crystal Palace. You know Gerrard's just trying to try and every forty yard pass he can get his he can get his foot through. Before then, you know he, he's not picking up runners at the right time. And he's, the, 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 someone pointed out to me today that you, you see Sterling pointing to say to Gerrard, "You need to go and get your man." In one of the when you see one of the replays back, Sterling's nineteen. He's an attacking midfielder. Yeah, there's something. Dramatically wrong with that, you know, isn't it? but it's not just. I mean, it sounds like I'm just saying, Gerard. They're Lovren for the second goal, Mignolet for the kick that precedes it. This, this, this lack of focus, this lack of professionalism, in a sense, in key moments, is is massive. Liverpool are 
as a whole now look like a side who, who've got a big switch off button. And it isn't any one of them. You know, it's I think the the three three players I think emerge with a degree of credit from the Crystal Palace game. One's um, one's Mankeo, uh, the other one is um the uh, Coutinho and I thought Alan. I thought they, those three looked looked decent to me. I think it's it's very hard to be Joe Allen in that, that Liverpool midfield. He's running around fighting fires everywhere. Um and I thought Lalana was bright for the first half, but the change of shape and then him tiring second half. I don't I think, you know, you, you could see he's not had he's not had enough ninety minutes of football. But Beyond that sort of point, you know these these are players who should who should know better, who've been around the block enough, and it's it's the problem Liverpool have got is it's right through the middle of the pitch. Mm. Lambert's he's great for his opening goal, but he's he's dreadful for the header that would have made it two 0 from the set piece that would have basically killed the game in Liverpool's favour. Um, he's he's it's like he's just not expecting the ball, and as a centre forward, you know you've got to you've got to be expecting that ball at that moment. You know the, the, the miss that follows it's a difficult chance, but then he can't get himself back in the game. You know he's not he, he's not wasn't really impacting on the game second half. All of these things are mental issues that, that they're very much about, and a lot of it's to do with a degree of sharpness and all this sort of stuff. But the mental issues that Liverpool have gotten, it's the cut collectively managed to cut such a sad figure at the slightest bit of a setback. Um, they don't seem able to take a bit of time out of the game. They don't seem able to regroup. They're getting themselves exposed time and again. And then, as I say, I mean, I have this thing on substitutions, which is that substitutions you could you could basically do them as a lottery. It, I think that we can you can focus on them a bit too much because basically, you you, you know it's. You, for, for, there are as many bad ones as there are good ones yeah. for a manager. I think that sometimes it works and you look yeah. great. Sometimes it works and you don't. But yesterday, you know, I think he's. It, it, I don't understand removing Allen, given how much he was in the game, how much of it he's getting through the game, how much of other people's work he's having to do. Maybe he's tired, but he's always looked a ninety-minute footballer to me. You know, he's always looked like that sort of player who can do ninety minutes. And then Lalana, I can understand perhaps wanting to bring someone on for Lalana, but we had. Our best period of the game was sixty to about seventy two, seventy three. You've got all sorts of options here, but that's the one he's chosen. And it, you, I didn't think Barini was was dreadful when he came on. He just as ever couldn't really impact upon the game. Might have been worth just throwing him on for Lambert, who wasn't offering a great deal. Mm-hmm. Full stop. And this this is at one one. Uh, you know, it's this idea. I think I think across the board, Liverpool just don't seem mentally at the races. I don't understand why the shape was changed at half-time to more of a 4-2-3-1 mm. from the diamond. It's not to say the diamond was perfect, far from it. It was probably to help protect the full-backs a bit more, specifically uh, Balassi on, uh, on Mankio. But regardless, you were getting a little bit of joy. It was beginning to look like something. And then it it, it becomes a, a slightly more dug-in shape. And I don't think that that... Having set them out there to go and play, I don't think then telling them to play less... Is necessarily the thing to do, but I say that you know they were, they were decent between sixty and seventy. But it's this, it's these individual moments. You know, Liverpool are just making errors consistently in all phases of the pitch, in all bits of the pitch. People are getting things wrong in a manner which they just simply shouldn't be. Well, the the mentality thing I think is an excellent point because any any sort of remnants of confidence that Liverpool seem to generate from from an attacking perspective, like you say. You know that was a fantastic goal that opened the game as well, and it's a great no, goal. Nobody's touched on that, and I think I think it was a stunning goal, fantastic first touch from Lambert, and a great, cool, composed finish. Um, now that should put you in good stead for the rest of the game, and there was never that surge from Liverpool. I've, having just scored a goal, you know when when teams just score a goal, you you 
you sort of fear as the opposition if you've had it done to you you fear hang on these are just going to attack us in waves now they've set a tempo for the game yeah. and it's just going to be wave after wave after wave of pressure but Liverpool's confidence seems to teeter on a knife edge at best yeah and I think it's almost immediately sapped as soon as the opposition get the ball. That's the problem. It doesn't seem to take anything significant from the opposition. And I don't mean to say Liverpool shoot themselves in the foot a lot, but you know, I think from, from a mental point of view, though, there doesn't seem to be any. Well, listen, lads, we just got one up here. Let's let's press on it. Let's keep it going. Let's get on top of these. A second goal, like you say, kills the game off. There's just no none of that at all. There's that you know you talk about switching the on and off button. The off button seems constantly turned on with little glimmers of hope that you might be reaching to turn it back on again. But I, I just think that, you know, you, you've got a side... Uh, Brendan Rodgers, you, you talk about Liverpool cut a very uh, a dismal figure. Brendan Rodgers epitomised that, I think, because it was the first time I've ever looked at him in in the, what, two and a half years he's been in charge. And I thought, he looks like a beaten man this time. You know, when Liverpool have lost games in the past. Liverpool have lost games comprehensively. Brendan Rodgers has always been defiant. Um, I understand in his post-match comments there has to be an acceptance of responsibility, which he, to his credit, he did. He accepted it as his responsibility. But it wasn't that defiance and that sort of... I think arrogance works both ways in football. And we've spoken about it quite a lot with Martinez and Rodgers, the similar characters in that regard. They want the team to be arrogant. They want ego to shine through. They, they, they want you know arrogance to be above all else on the pitch when they're playing well. That's what wins them games 2-3-4-0. You mm. win games at a canter with arrogance. I think it sort of is to your detriment when you're not playing well. And I thought Rodgers give himself... There was that backdrop in Rodgers' post-match comments where he says, I'm not arrogant arrogant enough to think that I couldn't be sacked, basically. Um, which I, I think is very telling of somebody who has created an order about them that... I wouldn't say... I mean, a lot of people outside of Liverpool and... And people who don't know Liverpool and what Brendan Rodgers is all about would would say he's an egotistical person. Even even just the aesthetic things like is yeah. the way he comes across his persona, yeah. you know, white teeth, all that sort of thing. I get that, but uh, in in terms of football, I think his arrogance has always been spot on. The way where he's used his arrogance and ego and things like that has always been perfect in that regard. I think on a football pitch and the way he's managed to side. I think that's created the backdrop for him to come out and have to say something like that, which is very sad because, I mean, it's a, it's a shocking example of what today's world is like. I mean, the, the daggers were well and truly out last night. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, at what point does a manager where he's finished second in the Premier League? Okay, yeah, he's questionable. He's always questionable. You know, Liverpool is a pressure cooker at the best of times, but he's had to come out and feel he ha- he's had to say something like that. Is it that necessary at this stage? I don't really think it is. I think he's just. I think he's just trying to articulate something. But I do think that he's in the, he is in the difficult position wherein it's it doesn't look straightforward for him. But I think he's got to make some big decisions. And I, I, I have this running thing, and I, I actually think there's a, there's a, perhaps a, maybe not a book, but there's a, a long form piece of writing to be had about the stories that you hear of of, of Shankly and Paisley effectively making five changes. You know, just want just basically it's a new first team next week. A side's got to the end of a cycle, and suddenly, you know, the six six players are bombed out. The six new lads who've just been brought through from the reserves, and here they are. Now you can see them, and I think that there's some tough decisions to make for Rodgers. I think he's, I think he's got to, he's got to have a good long look about Gerard and where he is on the pitch. And Gerard himself, you know, he should be, 
he should be open to the idea of becoming more like Gary McAllister uh, and less le- le- less of a regular Gary yeah, McAllister in his Liverpool days. Yeah. You know that would be that. You know, wherein that's not to say he doesn't start games anymore, but it means he starts them. You know, he starts them with a, a bit more protection. He starts them to, more towards the end of the season. He comes in in the running when when everyone's got tired legs, but he's fresh because he's he's had he's had he's, he's had opportunity. But now I, I really do think that it's. You know, I think I think Lovren's position in the side is basically untenable. I don't. I just don't see how you can argue that he's ahead of Colo Torre in any pecking order, just simply by default, by virtue of the fact that Torre, you know, Torre had some, mm-hmm. some mad moments last season. He had some mad moments, West Brom away, Fulham away. He was never that bad. He was never as bad as Lovren has been three or four times this season. Even even at his even at his most his most frustrating Torre hasn't been that bad. And when he's had a chance this season, he's actually played quite well. He played yeah. well against Middlesbrough, he played well against uh, he played played well against Madrid. So you know, there's there's a real thing there of how bad you have to be, but also for these lads themselves, Gerard. You know, he looks to me, he looks like a lad who just needs he needs a break. He he needs to be elsewhere on the pitch. He's getting exposed. He gets run at by absolutely everybody, and he's not protecting as a holding midfielder. Admittedly, because maybe you know that's not his responsibility with the way Liverpool set up, but he's leaving fullbacks with no protection. You know, you don't see, you don't see Gerrard sprinting over to cover his fullback and, and, and lashing a tackle in. You don't see him going over there and getting in front and helping out anywhere near as much as you do, you know, more traditional, more traditional holding midfielders. And at the moment, Liverpool are just getting exposed down flanks. And as I said, I thought Johnson wasn't great, I thought he was poor, but I thought I thought Mankiel played played reasonably well against Balassi, yeah. but he still. Was repeatedly having to defend one on one against this lad who's, who's significantly quicker than him, and someone should be over there to help him out. Someone should be helping him out, and that and that fundamentally should be your holding midfielder. And then you get this situation where well, it's not your holding midfielder, so we change the shape at half time because he can't do it. Well, don't have him on the pitch if you can't do what you need, what needs to be done. Don't have him on the pitch. And Stephen himself, I'm sure, if he was here, I would say, but lads, you know, you're tearing the strip off me here, but I want to pass the ball and I've got no one to hit. Well. That's if you've got no one to hit Stephen, if there's no one if there's no quick runners, if there's no one to hit in space with 30, 40, 50 yard balls, then that's not a strength anymore. Because if there's no way if, if the pass can't be played, <coughs> and one of the reasons why we've got you in the team is because you can t- change defence to attack in an instant because the movement's there. Well if the movement's not there, then we've got to acknowledge that and get on with the next thing and say, well, let's just do this instead. And I think that that's where, you know, it's not to say that Jedi can't play a role. And I think you know all start a run of games, I think he can. But I think at the moment he himself is struggling so much. He's unable to get other people going, get other people playing. Other people's performances are Again, as Lovren is doing, other people's performances are damaged because you know we've got to deal with this thing, mm. and now you've got three of them because the goalkeeper's a problem, the centre half's a problem, your holding midfielder's a problem. No wonder you're shipping goals. Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's there's a point where Stephen Gerrard needs to realise he's not Stephen Gerrard anymore to an extent, and I don't mean that in any sort of patronising way or to sort of you know nullify what ability he has left as a, as a professional footballer. I just think you know you you look at other examples of players who, who've been at the level he's been at, and there's one you know you've got to say there's others who manage it better the way he has. Now there's an argument to say these are managerial instructions that comes from the bench that comes from in, in training. There is an argument to say that, but if I'm Steven Gerrard, I'm I, you know I'm understanding of the criticism that I get first and foremost, but I'm also thinking how how do I make it better? Clearly the same method. And repetitive sort of persistence with this is not working. There needs to be a solution. But the 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 question that I want to ask you, Neil, is: Is it 
does there have to be like a watershed moment for this? Does there have to be? I don't. I don't know how many more watershed moments that you want. I mean, we've been having this conversation on and off for two and a half months yeah. about the moment, and there's been some bad performances in there. And I think that I think that does it, does it have to be? Does it have to become less of an issue for it to happen? For uh, Brendan Rodgers? I think it would be easier for Brendan Rodgers to do it if his side was in general playing well. Yeah. Anyway, and that's an issue, which is that, you know, if he, if he makes the big move and then and then we get beat, then, you know, it was, it, there was elements of it against Madrid. But if he makes the big move and then we get beat, then he gets murdered. Yeah. Basically, he gets murdered. And and that, that's that's where I do have sympathy for him, though, because he's got to be bold and brave enough to do, make that but decision, the, Neil, but, but he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't deserve it, you know, both battles if it goes wrong but I agree with that but the other side of that Dave is that you know Rodgers is very much understandably because he's, his job is to get results in football matches and Steven Gerrard's been brilliant in loads of the football matches he's got results in but he's very much played Gerrard Gerrard has played a great many games uh, under Brendan Rodgers more you know a higher percentage of games not just because of injury but as um, you know as he got onto Dalglish mm. and that had been sort of semi dealt with in that he, he didn't feel and you know obviously that's where, where other players come in and all that sort of stuff and he's clearly such a leader for them in the dressing room you know he's, he, every single player talks about Gerrard's captaincy and talks about what a shining example he is at the moment though this is where there's this is one of the reasons why there's a problem because he's he because he himself isn't isn't able to be an exemplar that he'd be able to get behind because of the, the performances and what's happening on the pitch it's hurting him so yeah, I, th- I used to think this you, well, I'm going to ask you now I used to think this was a really stupid question but I'm not so sure anymore do you think Rogers sees an obligation to play Steven Gerrard if it's if it's anybody else to Steven Gerrard does the, the person who is Steven Gerrard but it's but, not him get dropped but, but Lovren's playing Excellent put. Yeah, that that's the answer. You know, but uh, Lovren's playing, and that's yeah. you know, I think that that's you can even you you could even go go a similar moment there on scale. You know, that this. So in, from that point of view, is, it, is are people more singling out Stephen Gerrard? Than, no, what I mean is, well, I mean more. It's more to say that you know, it's managers go with players. I think, yeah. and they feel that they've got to go with players, and and I can understand that, and I can understand why. And it's 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 a big move to leave out your twenty million centre half. It's a big move to leave leave out the captain. It's a big move to leave out Martin Skirtle. These are all big moves, but there's a point at which you know, for results, you've got to say, well, I think that this is. This is the better thing to do. I mean, I put a team on the Anfield rap. I said, this is what I play, and it didn't have Gerard, and I'd, I'd have been looking to use him quite advanced at Ludogrets, to be honest with you, so save his legs to get him high up the pitch against Ludogrets. But, you know, I, the, but one of the reasons why was because you know that Palace are going to are going to look to go long. You look, you know that they're going to look to, to turn you around quickly in wide areas. And so Lucas is just better equipped for that. Not by a million miles, because he's not hugely mobile himself. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing Lucas and Henry Jan play. But, you you know that they're going to do that. So if you know they're going to do that, then you, you you're lining yourself up for something. And the one for me is, I said it at the time, and I, I mentioned it a fair bit since the Chelsea game, where Johnson's having to come everywhere that Eden Hazard goes, and he's just basically no longer playing right back. There's this whole huge hole, but that's because first you know first half an hour you saw him just ease past Gerard twice like he wasn't there. Gerard couldn't even foul him. Tried to foul him on one occasion. So you you're disfiguring the team. And I think that all these things might be individually sort of solvable. You know, I think that Lovren might look better if the goalkeeper behind him was more of an off-your-line sort of goalkeeper. Um, I think that Skirtle might look better if Lovren was more secure. I think that Gerard might look better if he wasn't panicked past himself by what Skirtle, Skirtle Lovren and Mignolet are going to do behind him. And then I think that the players in front and around Gerard might look better if it wasn't for the fact that thinking we've got to help Stephen out all the time. Chain we, reaction. We've got to help Stephen yeah. out. And I think that that's... I think that that's what's... What, 
I think all of these things are what's un, what, what's undermining Liverpool at the moment. That there's this lack of trust, and it doesn't just come from in attacking areas where I think Liverpool have shown a lack of gone very long here. I've uh, <laughs> shown a lack of trust with one another, um, where you know where I don't think it's been quite right. But you can handle that in attack if it's. If it's your goalkeeper, your two centre halves, and you hold a midfielder, and everyone's worried about them because everyone is, you know, you, you, the, the, these lads aren't dopes. Raheem Sterling knows he's got a problem behind him, and so what you see is you don't take a gamble, you don't make that wrong, you don't want to get out of position. Because if you get out of position, then all for all you know, they could exploit that, and before you know where they are, one, one of them's running into the holding midfield area and having a shot from twenty yards because there's no the holder's not there to get across, and because your, your centre half can't w- won't step out, and all these things can happen because you've made the run. And I think that, you know, it's, and this is where solid bases, it isn't about, it really isn't about saying we're not going to attack. It isn't about saying we're not going to, you know, we're not going to play progressive football or, or a good formation. It's more about the idea that your right winger knows he's got a good centre half partnership. That, you, that you, your right back knows if he goes, it's all right, there's this lad playing centre mid and he shuffles. But if he doesn't or if he can't, then you get into this position where no one trusts each other. And I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of Liverpool players. And then you've got the mental things, and then they're making more and more mistakes, and those mistakes feel more and more expensive. You know, you've got Lambert after after 20 minutes simply just passing to one of their players in a manner that's virgin and laughable. He just passes to mm. passes to one of their players. What's that about? I mean, that really is such an odd thing to do. It was just, It's as if when you're playing five-a-side and someone's in bibs, but one lad's got a kit the colour of the, that, that's a similar colour to one of the bibs. It was like that happening. And he just sort of looked, it's like he was looking at his feet. And it's things like that which Liverpool have got to sharpen, and I think they've got to make some big calls. Uh, this is City Talk 105.9. We have gone long. Sorry, Evertonians. This is City Talk 105. You probably loved it, actually, haven't you? City Talk 105.9. This is Neil Atkinson and Dave Danny with All in the Game. We'll be back after this break. It's All in the Game on City Talk 105.9. City Talk 105.9. They've given us one of them terrible ones again, haven't they, without our names on and all that. It's very fast, that, isn't it? Yeah. Catch them on by unaware. It could have been all sorts of foul language getting It's almost like there. these two are irrelevant, but here they are. Yeah, it's just some lads, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, this is City Talk 105.9. Neil Atkinson and David Downey, if you need telling, uh, with all in the game. Um, I saw the, only the highlights of Everton's game at the weekend, Dave. It looked to me like the most I've seen, and I don't mean this in a disparaging sense, the most I've seen an Everton side scrap for their lives under Martinez. That football match looked like an absolute Battle and it's one that Everton won. Yeah, it looked like David Moyes returned to the club, didn't it? It was uh, it was a Moyes esque performance. It was uh, nothing pretty about it whatsoever. And by that I mean things were going wrong to all sorts of extents. I mean passing out from the back was given to opposition on a regular basis. Um, I I feel the more times I've seen, I've watched it back two or three. I've watched it two and a half times now, and I still can't quite believe that. The scoreline's 2-1 to Everton at the end of it. That doesn't mean to say I don't think we deserve to win the game because I think, on the whole, we probably did because we scrapped better than West Ham. But when you consider where Everton are as a football club at the moment and you get a scrappy game against West Ham, you generally only think there's going to be one winner and that's West Ham. Um, it was very disjointed. It was... Uh, you know, and I'm thankful, more thankful for a win like that than one where we probably would have steamrolled them in a lot of ways because... It shows something different to the Martinez um, very much so. There's you know, attributes. Well, there was tons of aggression on show from both sides. Yeah. But the, you know the idea that if you're playing against West Ham, you'd best show that much aggression because they're going to show you that much yeah. back. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, there was no soft underbelly there, and that's often a criticism labelled at the likes of Leon Osman, who I thought was fantastic. Um, scored a crucial goal. Etu was outstanding when he came on, and great to have Morales back as well. 
Uh, but yeah, there, I mean, there was a physicality. So should have been sent. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> and I can, well, Tomkins should have been sent off for his reaction to that push. Oh yeah, it was awful, unbelievable. Um, the the one downside for me all night, and and you know, I, I think plenty of plenty of Blues will be glad, glad I've brought this up because, and I'm not getting on the model high ground sort of thing here, but Ross Barkley's dive was unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> as 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 dives go, and if you're going to dive, you've got to be good at it. Yeah. And it, it it it's no. I tell you what, Kevin Nolan's not even in the same screenshot as him on match of the day. Do you know, he's dived and you see <laughs> Nolan come in with his hands up already. Like I haven't touched him, ref. Honest, are you kidding me? And it was uh, it was it was ridiculous and uh, a little bit worried about Barkley at the moment. I think there might be a bit of an underlying issue with him, uh, as in he played well once when he came back against Aston Villa his return game. I think I thought he was excellent. Um, the Hodgy thing with England may have affected them a little bit more than what people make out of and he hasn't quite looked himself yet I don't know whether that's because he's been out for so long or maybe he's just finding his feet again I don't know I sincerely hope it's not it's nothing sort of long term in a mental sense with him because when he first broke onto the scene uh, I think he debuted against Blackburn uh, I think it was 2010-11 and he Moyes give him the shout against Blackburn away and he gave away a penalty early in that game and his head absolutely went and he went and I think it was like the last we've seen of him for a good eight or nine months. Mm. Um, I, I think he's a very tender young lad. I don't think he's... Um, people people sort of paint a picture of him that he's this hustle and bustle, Wayne Rooney-esque. Yeah, he's 6'2", he's got short yeah, hair, etc., etc. I think there's a lot more to Ross Barkley than that. I think he could well be a very complicated young lad. And um, I sort of... I think he he's, he builds a lot on confidence. I mean, he he is that player, and he's he's admitted it himself that he's one of those who will make a mistake or two. That's in his nature, but for the, the, all the benefits it gives you, that that amounts to very little. And I think sometimes he feels a burden of pressure not to do that, even though he's got a manager who will back into the hilt like that. I still think there's there's some sort of factor in Ross Barkley's life that, that where he sees that on the football pitch taking a risk is sort of a negative thing still and I don't think he's quite got his head around the fact that his manager won't won't give him it down you know but won't give him both battles if he is to make mistakes and uh, I'm a little little bit concerned with him at the moment so I think I it's, hope that, it's a near short term thing I think having the manager he's got to the best thing that can that he could yeah. have for him you know yeah. and, and I'm sure that you know and it, it probably also helps that the manager's played that position himself you know he's that, that idea yeah. of you know on top of everything else that that's that that was where the, the sort of football he was a creative midfielder who had a good way of creating but he can you know he can help him through that it's it's as ever you know I think we expect young players young players to develop in a straight line mm. and a lot of the time they don't and sometimes oh, they're very it's, complex people I mean it's uh, where was your head when you were 19? Well, this, yeah, that, you know what I mean? Exactly, when you go down that route. Yeah, it doesn't you know, bear thinking about it. No, it's horrific. I don't know how they managed to play 40. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I'm still alive now, yeah. thinking what I thought back when I was 19 and 20. Exactly. But, I think, But I think that it's, you know, at, at the minute, if there's something that he should be, he should be happy about Barkley. You know, Everton aren't they aren't relying on him. Mm. You know, I thought I think for the it's a great ball from Eto for the goal, but you know everyone's playing the part in that move. Everyone is. You know, I think I thought that uh, you know Naismith again looked, looked like he had a bit of touchback, mm. looked like he was backing himself a little bit more. It's it's really he doesn't need to, be, and maybe he does feel this idea that he's got to you know he's got to be eight out of ten every week, but really he can be six and seven. Yeah, he, he can, and, and that's important in his development. Neil, I, I think it's important for him to have poor games. I really do because. Yeah. Uh, you know, he needs to quickly realise that. Yeah, he may well be the star attraction, but you know, 
he's allowed to have poor games. You know, he's he, he shouldn't. I get the feeling he's one of the, he's one of those people who's his biggest critic. Yeah, his own biggest critic, and I think he puts a little bit too much pressure. How many how many guess in here? But you know, looking at him from what we can only see, I can only see and, so, and the way he speaks as well about himself. Exactly, that game. is the case. I think I think he might be quite a not not fragile minded, very strong minded, but a, 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 quite a deep thinker, a more. More sort of a deeper character than the likes of Rooney and things like that. But the one thing I would say about him, and in this sort of injury-stricken midfield we've got at the moment, which I was surprised McCarthy played, and he played excellent, um, is with Barry injured. I'd like to see him given a little bit more, a little bit more of a withdrawn role, Neil, and and maybe just put Naismith where he is, just behind Lukaku in that ten role, and have Ross a little bit deeper because. I I think I'd I'd love to see him affect the game with his passing. Um, he, he's phenomenal on the ball, and everyone loves his drive and his energy when he gets the ball on the half turn and runs at players. I'd like to see him because I, I believe he has got a, a great array of passing. I'd like to see him in a more withdrawn role. I thought we would have as well with Barry injured. I'd like to see him beside McCarthy because I think that'd be a perfect dovetail for both of them. Whereas Barry offers you something different in terms of. Is passing. He he's the go-to man in that midfield. Whenever win the ball back, it goes to Gareth Barry. Everton get on the front foot. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong, I think, in, in, in having Ross Barkley a little bit deeper. You can start those driving midfield runs from a little bit of a deeper position, and affect the game from there. I'd like to see him giving that sort of role and that responsibility because as, as a ten, it, it's an impact position. I think, mm. and um, if he's seeking that 7, 8 out of 10 performance every week, if he's seeking to affect games more and more, I'd, I'd like to see him a little bit deeper. He was pushed onto the wings a couple of times against West Ham, which was did absolutely nothing for him. Uh, so I, I, I think there's, there's a lot there's a lot of scope for different things with Ross Barkley other than, you know, we, we, we think of him now as a stereotypical number 10. I think there's a lot more strings to his bow and I'd like to see us experiment with that a little bit. Uh, other thing that I noticed from watching the games was Everton were on top of the aggression, very, very focused in the full-back area. Two strong performances, I thought. Looking like they're getting back to what what worked, uh, what yeah. worked at times last season. Coleman slightly more advanced. You know, they, they seem to be Everton. You know, back in that sort of sphere. Yeah, it was interesting with Morales. Col- Coleman, sorry, Hibbert. Yeah, Hibbert, yeah, Hibbert, Hibbert, Hibbert on the Hibbert, left. Yeah, which was you know you know raised eyebrows all over the place when Tommy Hibbert plays left back. Raise eyebrows when he plays right back most of the time as well. Um, but to be fair to Tony Hibbert this season, he's been outstanding whenever he's been called upon. He, yep. He's been really, really solid. Um, and going going towards the other side, Morales coming back in, I thought would have given us an, initially a problem because um, his his width sort of negates Coleman's threat going forward in terms of overlapping and and sort of the pair of them getting in each other's way and and then of course leaving you susceptible to. Jarvis, I think he had a really good game. Jenkinson, who got mm. forward for for West Ham a lot on the other side. Um, Morales sort of drifted either side. When Barkley was shoved out there, the interesting thing was that actually benefited Coleman to mm. get on the outside of him because Barkley kept that that side narrow, so Coleman was able to uh, you know have more of an influence on that right hand side. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how Morales is utilised over the next few games. Be interesting to see the team he puts out on Thursday against Wolfsburg as well because I think it's. Uh, it's a really peculiar game for us to have. One that I wouldn't want necessarily because we looked at the fixtures last week. Yeah. And um, a, a defeat in, in Wolfsburg, while it wouldn't be the end of the world at all for our Europa League campaign, um, Everton has seemed very much based on momentum. And I think it's important we come away with something from that game. Having said that, team selection there is going to be critical to how we do at Spurs. 
Spurs is a big game now. Spurs oh, got, they, got, they got themselves that win at the weekend. If, if nothing else, you know, it'd be good for Everton to get a result of Spurs just to check Spurs' momentum. The idea yeah. that they can force themselves back into back into contention, you know, it would be it, it, any result, any positive result for Everton, anything that puts a point on the board there would just lead to Spurs not, feel, not feeling settled and Everton being able to, to capitalise on that as the season wears on. Well, it's Spurs have just have done what they did last season. They've, they've been appalling when I've seen them. They've been really, really poor. Conceded some ridiculous goals. Got away with murder yesterday. Oh, absolutely. I, I, it was outrageous, that game. I, I do not know how Hull didn't get anything from that. But yet again, somehow they find themselves two points outside the top four. Uh, same as Everton. I mean, Everton haven't been great either, but Spurs two points, been... on, two points outside the top four and, the, and Spurs kicked off below Liverpool, which should tell yeah. the, the, the idea that nothing's really lost for Liverpool. The problem that, the problem that both Liverpool and Everton have got, though, yeah. God, we couldn't have to do with Villa doing us a favour tonight. A Villa win would be... Uh, would be ideal, wouldn't it? But I don't, I don't see it coming. I'm really looking forward to that game tonight. By the way, it should be an absolute cracker. I've got a feeling Villa will show up. So, oh, that'd, that'd be nice. Yeah. City Talk one five point nine. Uh, it's all in the game. Neil Atkinson and David Downey. After the break, I oh, will bang on about something, won't we? It's all in the game with Neil Atkinson and David Downey on City Talk one oh five point nine. It is all in the game, Neil Atkinson and David Downey. You've, we've reached the moment of the show where David Downey does his Carol Vorderman impression and starts uh, starts doing some maths as uh, as a clock ticks to work out what time we leave the show. Starts getting so. plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> um, Claim yeah. I haven't. Uh, yep, yeah, all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, yep, yeah, this is all in the game. Then Neil Atkinson and David Downey. So you know, it's it, it's a it's a difficult week. We were just talking there for for both Liverpool and Everton, both away from home in Europe. Everton could do with Dave was just saying to me that you know for momentum purposes Everton could do with the results against Wolfsburg it's not essential for qualification but it would it would help them feel as though they were progressing along Liverpool have left themselves going to be kicking off it's going to be about minus minus three minus four when they're playing in Ludogorets there I'm going I can't wait I love the cold um, get me long John's on be great um, I think it's going to be such a test for, for, for Liverpool's character and I think that that's the that, that's the, the what's pressured you this season What's pressured Liverpool this season on the whole is that question of character, and that's why I think you know Brendan Rodgers has got to play as big characters. I think I would probably I'd rather see Gerrard play against Ludogorets than Gerrard play against Stoke, uh, but I would certainly be looking at, at bringing Lucas and Torre in and just having that belief on the pitch. He, he should approach this with there being no tomorrows after that Ludogorets <laughs> game. He really should. I, I I don't even think he can have an eye on Stoke. I really don't. I think it's that important. And um, I mean, having said that, do I see it as a if if Liverpool lose, does Rodgers, you know, is he, is his neck really on the line? Then I think it's well, a, I suppose you probably could say it is, couldn't you, Neil? If do you think if Liverpool lose, this scenario where well, I think Rodgers is it would depend a couple of games away from it if they were going out. I think it's difficult. I think full stop. Anyway, you can't. I think you don't want to get into a situation with a manager wherein you you're looking to make any sort of hard and fast decisions in in November. I just and I think that you know there's got to be that that collective belief that we keep going, that we go on. He and needs the benefit of the doubt. He really does. And it, obviously, he's not going to get that from a lot of Nigeria um, people out there. Um, and I, I feel as if the if he the way to approach this game is. Not the way he's approached most games this season. I, I don't think. I think Liverpool need to scrap this, Neil. I really do. I think, I th- I think, I think Liverpool have. I think Liverpool have actually tried to scrap too many games. They were solid. So? Against, they were solid against Hull. They weren't trying. I'm, I'm just. I'm not saying. I'm saying that they've got it in them. You know, but they were solid against Hull. Not really looking for much. They were solid against Newcastle, but in both of those against Hull, when they looked to step it up, you know, they were at home and and 
they should, they had the opportunity to go on and win the game against Newcastle when they looked to step it up when it was level. They then lost the game against Crystal Palace when they looked to step it up when it was level. They then lost the game, and I think that that's that's the issue is what happens when they look to step it up. Um, I think they can do an hour of basically misery. I think they've got that in them. We've seen, as I say, you've seen it against Hull, against Newcastle, and an against Ludogorets. An hour where nothing happens. I think you've seen that they've got that they've got the capability for that. I think at Ludogorets, there's nothing wrong with looking at sort of ninety minutes of nothing much happening. I think it's important to remember that they came to Anfield, gave a decent account of themselves. They nearly got a result against Real Madrid at home. It's clearly a difficult place to go. Uh, they got a result against Baal at home. They took a point off Baal. So I think that they're in a position where they need to. Liverpool, or did they beat Ball in the end? I can't remember. It was close. Um, but where Liverpool, you know, they beat Ball, didn't they? They beat Ball. Right. So I think that Liverpool have got to have the attitude of we we get to we get to staging points in the football match and look to take time out of the game. And I think that you should have, you know, we should have a team there that that can that can do that and and look not to be not to be bowed if something goes against them because the the worst thing for me watching Liverpool against Crystal Palace and it's been the case all the times this season Madrid at home is a great example versus Madrid away you know you've theoretically got your leaders on the pitch you've got your big players and the heads go down when they concede whereas Madrid away it didn't happen they kept playing after they conceded and I think that if they do concede one a soft one against Ludogorets they've got to not get on their own backs and it happens against Palace you know one all when they went one all against Palace they were dreadful for ten minutes mm. and it took that time to get lads it's it's a football match these things happen. And instead, Liverpool seem to be, you know, very much worrying about all of these little bits and pieces. It's going to be difficult for Everton and Wolfsburg. You know, they've they've, they've picked up form since you played them. Yeah. Uh, they look they look better. So have Everton. I mean, on the other hand, but it's difficult to pick a team really to go over there when you know that you've got you've got a you know you're going to be going to Spurs to follow. Yeah, it's a really difficult one. Like I said before, you wouldn't a, want to necessarily gamble on McCarthy, for instance. No, not at all. And and the, the lad, I think he desperately needs a rest as well, but. I think Martinez will persist with him because he's that he's that he's that sort of character. He he drives the team, you know, his legs literally drive everybody else in that side. So I, I would like to see I'd like to see Besic come in. I think Besic has been unfortunate not to get more game time this season. He looked really impressive, uh, obviously since the the howler of a debut we had against Chelsea. He's looked fantastic since then. Um, really good composed performance in the derby, which did him a lot of credit and a lot of good. Is it, it set the tone for everything else to follow. I'd like to see Bessic come into the midfield in place of McCarthy. Like I said, I, I would play Barkley. Uh, I think he needs games. I'd probably drop him a little bit deeper, play him alongside Bessic, maybe just a little bit in front of him in that midfield. Play Eto. I'd play Eto, yeah. Um, and I, I could see him putting Lukaku on, on, on a flank, um, only to offer just another, another option going forward. I'd like to see him at our last play as well and get some game time. So you're looking at... Hibbert will play, I think, again left back because Baines will be fit. Um, you you can't. I don't think he can afford to drop Coleman with Hibbert not being the substitute for that position. And then you have got Distan and Jaggy Elka. There's nobody else really to fill in there. Tyus Browning, you'd say, would be the 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 one if you if you're going to rest Coleman, which I don't think Coleman needs resting. I think he needs games. I put Browning in ahead of Coleman, uh, but other than that, I mean, you look at that. I mean, you you. you with the injuries they've got, they're struggling to pick alternatives to the first eleven. So. Yeah, it's a funny situation really, yeah. where when you've lost a few squad players, that's where it can be a bit difficult to yeah. pick those teams in those sorts of games. Uh, you know, I think what, what's your prediction? One all, and you take that all day. Oh, I'll be delighted with that. Okay, that's all in the game this week with Neil Atkinson and David Darney. Be back next week. It's all in the game.